I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Erin, and I hope each and every one of you had a good weekend. My good friends went out of town for a wedding, so I just dog sat all weekend, relaxed, enjoyed the weather, hung out at home, watched some sports. For all my Buckeye fans out there, I don't know what happened, but better next luck, better luck next week. And for all the Sooner fans tuning in, you guys had quite the game. So big win and a big loss for my fellow Buckeyes. And here we are, part two with Lou, a little rhyme there. And if this is your first time tuning in for this episode, this is, like I just mentioned, part two. I did take about three minutes from part one just to blend it into part two. So if you're tuning in for your first time, reference last week to kick off the conversation. And if this is your first time tuning in, he is an Olympian. He coaches for the University of Oklahoma, and he just has such good advice. Very motivational, very inspiring, and just a true testament that grit, hard work, passion can truly get you anywhere in life. And I know I've listened back to the episode multiple times, and I will when I'm in a time of need or I'm feeling unmotivated. So without further ado, here we go. Right on in. Part two with Lou. Enjoy your week, everyone. It's like, no, really gifted, but doesn't like to feel that 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 pain threshold, you know, that doesn't like to feel fatigue. So just depends. And um, and you deal with both. You got to deal with both. So that's just that's just part of the, the that recruiting process and getting the right fit. You know, you don't want I, I don't want a, a kid that doesn't fit our protocol, you know, because it just won't work. They'll hate me. If mm-hmm. you love to work out, oh, he's a great spot. If you don't like to train, it's probably not a good spot anymore. 20 to 30%. Wow. That is, I did not know that. That's, ins- I mean, I guess if you think about it, there's young kids coming in and it's kind of the underdog mentality. I think you see a lot of times with people that have had so much success and Kyle Snyder's, you know, the opposite of this, I have never lost. And then they get into, you know, the next level and then they start to lose. And it's almost like a wake up call. And a lot of them, you see a lot of them start quit or they fail because they're yeah. not, they're not used to losing in their mindset. It's an ego thing. And I, know, I also, yeah. also saw that you retweeted something that was talking about things to kind of let go of on your team. And on that, there's a list of seven things. And one of them was ego. And that's something that I've been working on personally. And I, I see it a lot professionally. So touch on that a little bit and how you navigate that in such an intense environment where egos, it's very high. Well, what, what you find it, especially in college wrestling, when, when they, you have to kind of check your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, what, practice is about when you, when you come to wrestling practice, it's about your effort. It, you know, I'm not worried about you. You don't, you're not going to, you're not winning anything at practice. All you're, you're trying, you're working on performance and getting better. And, and it's about your effort and how hard you're trying and, and your concentration and how long you can stay focused. And, and so there's other things, but when you let your ego get in the way of practice and you're working out with someone equally as good as you and nothing's happening, it's like, you're not really getting better. Mm-hmm. You, 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 there's no scoring that takes place. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, you go through a whole practice and nobody, neither one of you score. It's like, you, you didn't make the improvements you needed to. You got to take, you know, to be successful, you got to take risks. And, um, you know, I think that's the biggest part when it comes to ego. It's like you, you take, ver- you take fewer risks when, when you got a huge ego mm-hmm. and practice 
you're trying to you just you think it's impressing me that you didn't nobody scored and i'm going i'm looking at the other way just i don't i don't care if they score on you but if he gets one score you get three scores that's all you got to think about just putting more points up trying to do more things trying more things so the ego really gets in the way until you, until you learn that practice is about your effort and when you have a really good effort every day and that consistency of that then all of a sudden growth will start happening so you might start off and you might take a couple beatings. I mean, everybody that's been in wrestling has taken a beating. I don't care who you are. We've all taken enough beatings to understand, but they come back. Keep showing up, keep working hard at it, keep trying to put points on the board, be aggressive. There, there's a way that a good wrestling match, you know, will look. Even for the fans that don't like wrestling, it's like, no, there, there's a way that it looks that you're like, wow, I enjoyed watching him. He's very aggressive. He was intense. And, and, and it's fun to watch. And the more you're around that mentality, easier it is for it to come out. Um, so the ego can, is definitely an issue when it comes to your high profile high school wrestler mm -hmm. and you come to college wrestling practice and, and you're new and you don't want people to score on you. And you want, you know, you got something, you're protecting something. It's like, but yeah, I'm looking at the other way. I, there's nothing to protect. You ain't one enough. And I know that in high school wrestling, some are three timers and four timers and two timers and, and it's, they're all really successful, but we're trying to jump, jump levels. So I need, I need them to be getting tune with, putting points on the board and, and checking that ego at the door. And it's about their effort and scoring as many points as you can. And, and it should be fun. I mean, in wrestling, it, the thing that hurts people the most is they stop having fun. Mm -hmm. And when you stop having fun, when it comes to sports, you usually don't do that. Well, when everything's a pain to do from the training to the nutrition, it's like, no, you stopped having fun. He's not growing anymore. He's not going to get better because he kind of doesn't want to be here and nobody gets good if they don't want to be there. So, you know, checking that ego and letting yourself, get the, the maximizing your potential you know you have to check that ego at, at some level and i'm going to pick on mike here for a second because i always say hard work beats talent when talent isn't working hard i've always loved that quote and it rings true in all aspects of life and mike always says i think hard work is a little overrated but i think you're i mean a true testament to not all of that not being true, but it's showing up every single day and putting in the work for something that you love. And I know I struggle with this, especially with when times, you know, if the podcast getting hard or whatever it is in everyday life, if you really, really want something and it's something that you're passionate about, something that you love, you're going to do anything in your power to get to that point. I still I think hard work's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I just think your environment has to be right. That's yeah, more my thing. I mean, yeah, I probably yeah. mis mischaracterized it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can work smart and still listen. We yeah. can still get the same amount done if you're smart about some people. Some people are like a slinky and some people are A to B. You know, yeah. you can still work smart yeah. and, and and make sure you make progress. But if you don't have the consistency and, of mm -hmm. what you're doing, it's probably going to be very difficult at some level, you know, to, to be where you really want to be. I mean, that's why they talk about the process so much. That's why people get so knee deep in it, you know. But I will say this. You can you can win along the way. <laughs> You can yeah. still get it done along the way. Let's not act like you have to get smoked a bunch of times for it to ha start happening. Well, you know, one, but, of the, one of the things that you do that you're doing well, I mean, you're creating that environment, right? Yeah. Different environment, shitty room, shitty coach, same work ethic that happens in the environment that you create. Results are completely different. And I know there's the little farmer quote, you know, the two farmers and they both work equally as hard, but one's he plants on a bed of rocks. The other one's got the most fertile soil in, you know, the entire countryside. And, you know, who comes out ahead? Quite yeah. frankly, I think the guy who, you know, worked <laughs> half as hard with the great soil <laughs> is probably. So and I think environment plays a big role. Yeah. And I don't want to poo-poo sure. uh, hard work 
but you know, for sure. I mean, your environment certainly does. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why, you know, that's what the Olympic program Aaron, for that's college what you get for on me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's why that, 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 that matters, right? The college, they, they're all looking at these RTCs, Mike, because of, because of what you're saying, because culturally yeah. they, they're looking at their, they're, they're paying people to, to train with their guys so they can grow the fastest. Yeah. It's really simple, but you still got to have the resources. You still got to have people that, that want to give to that, to your Olympic program. You know, it attracts the recruits. It makes your culture better. It, your guys wrestle with elite guys out of the gates, you know, that have won national titles and been on world teams. And so that's, you know, all you're talking about, is that culture does matter. Yeah. And it probably matters in everything from any business you talk about to, mm -hmm. to any wrestling program, culture. And, and I say this all the time for my team. It's like, no, I can harp on all I want until my team decides the people internally that do it, you know, that, that handle things internally. No, you guys handle that. You should be telling them culturally. We know that that's not how it happens here. And if you didn't do anything about it, then it's on you. But if it's culture is always a big factor in being successful. Yeah, culture and environment. And for those of you who don't know, the RTC is a regional training center for kind of the uh, Olympic athletes. The Olympic athletes. Yeah. So yes. it's funded and they get paid and the coaching staff gets paid there. And that's where they they train. And most of them are associated with associated slash not associated with the yeah. colleges. It's a separate entity, but they're integrated, right? They, so, yeah, so that's the easiest way to put like it. They're that. separate, but integrated and trained with your college team. And have coaching and have all the same things that will get a stipend. So that's, and then they've been a huge factor when it comes to this, you know, USA wrestling and the Olympics. I'm learning a lot and you're welcome, Mike, for picking on you. But I, I always say, and I agree, I think, I mean, I've learned this at work. You know, I worked my ass off in my first job and wasn't in the right environment to succeed. And now here I am with a leader that is very encouraging, is not, you know, leave your ego out the door. She's not, She's just a great leader. I can't say enough good things about her. And it's like, you just notice yourself growing a lot more when you're creating that culture. And I think, I guess my question to you is when you're going into, so you went from Ohio State to Oklahoma, correct? Yes. So moving into a new college, coaching a brand new set of people, how do you change the culture previously? How do you reset those boundaries, reset those standards and institute a new set of things for these guys and maybe some of them were older you know juniors or seniors that were used to a certain way how do you well i think i think that that's that's really the challenge right i mean yeah. is, to, is, to, is to change the culture and to, and, to, and to do things the way you want to do them but there's certain things that in my opinion that you do that regardless of who's in charge and, and, and you have to do that i mean you're, you're going to have to train at a certain level to be successful you're going to have to get the, the the right amount of pedigree in your wrestling practice to be successful. There's a standards of being on time and doing well in school. And these are just things that you have, you're constantly harping on, you know, culture's not built in one day. Mm -mm. Culture's built from every person on your team, every person on your staff that has the same message. It's like, you know, those old ways are done. This is the way that we do it here and show up tomorrow, be on time, be ready to go, come with energy and attitude. So changing it, 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 it takes time to do that. You know, and, and as you get people, some people you can talk to and they think you're full of shit and other people, you know, it's like, listen, you can only change the people that want to be changed. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, if, if your mindset is so negative and you don't, and you don't want to change, you won't change. I don't care who, who's telling you whether any business guy, if, if you don't believe in, in what's going on. And so you build some trust, you build relationships, you show up all the time, you work, you work as hard as the kids do. And, and you start to get the right people on the, on the ship and to get everybody going the same direction. And then all of a sudden your culture starts to change. 
But it's like, no, it's different. It's different. Mentality is different. The mindset's different. The expectations are different. And but it takes a little bit of time to do that. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen at hey, one year you just no, you put your system in place. And then all of a sudden you keep putting people into, into your system, taking some people out, putting some people in. And um, and eventually it's, it starts to go in the direction you want it to go. I mean, but it doesn't happen. Trust me, I wish it did happen overnight. I, I took it for granted. I was at Ohio State. We had when I got there, you know, we started, we were probably 45th and we ended up winning Nashville. I don't know what year it was when we won, maybe the eight and within within eight years, I think the eighth year, I think it was there a couple of years after we won, uh, maybe one year, fifth, we won in 15, I left in 16 after the 16th season. Um, so it, it, it took a little while, but we, we had a, a pot of people that were really good that started us off. They were really successful. So it was a little bit different. And I think the people will always make the program. And so it's the kids program. I, I'm just, I facilitate all the things I can facilitate. I try to put them in the best, give them the best chance they have to, to win something and get education and to do things the way you're supposed to do things. And, um, and, that, and that's all I can really do is keep, you know, harping on the, the level of, of intensity you got to have, getting more people that care about what they do, making the environment tougher, um, keep, you know, harping on the educational, you know, you got to have an education to, to, to be successful. And so to me, that that's just part of it. But I think changing that culture is, it, it's a work in progress. It's constantly mm-hmm. evolving and just trying to make it better, you know, and uh, if I can just keep building our Olympic program. And that's how I wake up in the morning. Hey, what, what can I do today? What's the one thing I can do to make a difference for our program? What's the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference? Instead of having 50 different things to do that you won't get to, what's the one thing I can do today to make a difference in, in what we're doing and to, to make the right impact? Is it, And sometimes it's ask people for resources for my Olympic program. And sometimes it's make the right calls to the recruits. Sometimes it's visiting someone. Sometimes it's putting people through training. So, but that's kind of how my mind goes in the morning. Like, what's the one thing I can do that can make, make the biggest difference in what we're doing and make the biggest impact. But that, that to me is part of the culture is like learning to making people grow and getting and making them better and taking that very, I take it very personal. I'm, you know, when it comes to somebody getting better at sports, I'm trying to make mm-hmm. every guy that I have contact with better at what they're doing, you know? And so they're at least a better version of, you know, they should be better by the time they leave our program. That's all I would say. And, and, and not everybody's perfect because no, I should say nobody's really perfect, but they should mm-hmm. be a better version of what they are, what they were. It's like, no, nah, he's a better student now. He got his education. He's got a degree. No, his work ethic's a lot better now. No, he's got more discipline in that. He eats better. He, whatever it may be that they're fighting, it's like, no, he, he's better. He's better for coming to OU than if he didn't. And, and if we think like that, then it, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of get that culture the way, the way you want it. Yeah, you're extremely selfless. I think it takes someone passionate, which we can tell with the way you're talking, the way you're speaking about the things that you're doing, and someone that's extremely selfish to give that to other people and with an intention to help them grow into the biggest potential that they can have and become something that you once saw. And I think it's sometimes hard, and you could probably speak to this, believing in someone so much and then watching them not reach that potential or not get them to where you want to be as a coach and as a leader. How do you navigate that? Or how do you, what are things that you tell yourself? I mean, you say there's one thing every day that you tell yourself, like, how can I make this program better when you're hitting those kind of roadblocks with kids? And I can't imagine how frustrating that would be speak to that no it is but you know i i look at it like this so as as somebody has a setback and, and we all do mm-hmm. you know and that's why i jokingly my son you know would tell you knock down six get up seven you know um but when i when i see people have setbacks it's just 
Sometimes we just have to suffer more. Sometimes we got to be smarter. Sometimes we got to make better decisions. Sometimes we got to get our mind right. Um, and we've had a few of those, you know, that were like, no, he's way better than what he showed. We just on game day, he, his mind wasn't on the task at hand. And, and how do you get focused, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I like to tell people sometimes it's like, you ever, you know, these young people, sometimes they don't read as much. It's like, now nah, they read one paragraph and they're exhausted. <laughs> they will fall asleep. Said having focused, you know, you need to you need to kind of have that concentration for longer periods of time. How do you get it? Sometimes just reading longer and keeping con- and concentrating. But when it comes to the, those setbacks, yeah, so those are always hurtful. I mean, because mm-hmm. you want to do more for them, you want to see yeah. them succeed. If they're going to put a million man hours into them and they're putting a million man hours in, I, I want to see them have the success that they should have. But um, it doesn't always work. But but here's what here's what I would say at the end of it. You know, whether it works or it doesn't work, you'll never regret it. I, I don't think I've met a person yet that regretted doing all the work because it changes who they are. Yeah. It's who you become in the process of all that, all of it. Yes. It's nice to say I'm a national champion. It's nice to say I'm an Olympian, but who you become when you work like that, it really changes their life and the, their outlook and the way they operate from that point on. They could go on into business, being a doctor, being anything else they wanted to do with that, with that mentality. Cause they just know what, what they're willing to do and how much they're willing to suffer to make that happen. So I don't ever think it's it's regret. It's like, oh, I yeah. worked twice a day and it didn't happen. That's that sucks. I, I don't I don't think that's the case. I think that you're you're way different wrestler than you were. You're, you're you're way better at what you're doing. I promise you. But if you wrestled your old self, you'd kick the crap out of it. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so so it's it's kind of how you kind of look at things. Yeah. You know. But but I'd be lying to sit here and say I wasn't disappointed that they didn't get what they wanted. Yeah. You know. Um, and it happens. And it happens, but, but that's how, that's why you just, there's, there's part of me that just says, listen, it is what it is. You know, we just gotta, we gotta figure out ways to, to connect with people better and build better relationships. So you get more, more out of what they're doing. Cause there is this trust factor that you gotta have. And if you don't have it, it usually doesn't work real well. It's funny. You have a lot of parallels with, mm-hmm. with business. I mean, you know, just when I started and just for people that aren't trying to be athletes to know that all of these things that you kind of touch on trickle into to real life outside of athletics and coaching. I mean, when I first started, I did exactly the same thing with waking up every morning and thinking, okay, what's the one thing that I'm going to do today that's going to have the biggest impact on the growth of my business. So I didn't get caught up in kind of the minutia of all the other things that you can get distracted by. And meanwhile, you're busy, but you're not efficient or effective. Mm-hmm. You're just busy. Yeah. So you feel better about yourself without realizing you really didn't accomplish much. And the most important thing to accomplish that day wasn't accomplished because you were caught up in a bunch of other things. And I think that's a very unique trait to entrepreneurs, um, obviously coaches, um, but it's something that everyone can take away and use kind of no matter what aspect of your life or what you're doing. Um, and the other thing that I hear you say, uh, whether you're saying or not is relationship first, mm-hmm. you know, relationship, relationship, mm-hmm. connection, help, blah, blah, blah. And then success follows. Right. Sure. So you don't go see him and you go national championship, right? You go, I need to build a relationship with him. I need to build trust. That's very true in my business when I was building it mm-hmm. and probably any business in which you have interaction with customers or people or even coworkers. Um, Mm -hmm. If you go that route first, the success will more often than not follow versus if you get too kind of 
goal oriented, that's all you can focus on and you kind of leave the people on the side of the road, usually success is more difficult to achieve going that yeah. way. I, I think also too, Mike, is the simpler your life is, like my life is very simple, you know, it's, it's, the things I do, I've been doing for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't get distracted as much because I, I stay in that, that lane. I stay in a lane that's just like, no, if, if, if someone saw my day, they said, no, it's very, it's a simple day, but you might have two workouts some phone calls up or like I do, I, I eat a lot of the same foods. <laughs> I do a lot of the same things and it's just, it's very simple, but I don't get distracted that way. I don't, I'm not often on a wild goose chase because eh, yeah. It doesn't I mean it's it's perfect, but it, but it makes it so I know what what my my task is today. When you're helping kids work out, you're calling recruits, you're trying to raise some money. It's just it, you know it, it keeps you down the straight and narrow. It's like well, yeah, I'm similar that way. Routine, you know, yeah, routine. structure and it, yes. it yeah routine structure and I think all those things are necessary for again healthy mental you know mm -hmm. healthy physical you know healthy life you know when. When yeah. that goes away, you know, the likelihood of you being successful diminishes, you know, greatly, no matter what you're doing. You know, it's funny because I, I would tell people, I said, any one time you came to watch practice, you'd go, oh, he don't look that impressive. But when you see him do that 365 days or 360 <laughs> days, you go, man, <laughs> some bitch can impressive. do that day in and day out, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know what I mean? Like, you just go, that's what's impressive. It's not any one time. It's not any one day that you go, oh, he looks so different. And some people can can spot you know the, the the detail, but when you see it day in and day out and day in tomorrow's a, it's a lot like Groundhog Day. It's just the consistency of it. You go, oh, that's why they get pretty good because he just makes them hammer away at it until they either get good or he breaks them. So they just they don't have not, they either breaks them and they don't they don't want it as much as they said they did. And so, but that but that I think is is a, is a good thing. It's like no, I I can continue on that path because I've done it for so long. This is like twenty five years of it. Aaron and I talked about that probably to, to death is just how important <laughs> that that word that consistency is. I mm -hmm. mean, maybe more important than any other factor when you're trying to accomplish something. And we touched on it in a past podcast, just whether you're trying to get, you know, financially successful or physically healthy or any of those things. I mean, they all take consistency. You can't do it in one quick three-day. Mm -mm. yes. 24 hours. There's no quick fix. That's for yes. sure. Right? There's no quick fix. <laughs> Everyone wants a quick fix. Like they can do it in three days and it's just not possible. Yeah. It's not possible. I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to be Olympian in, in three weeks. Right. Three even months, if you do it, not, even if you practice for 24 hours a day, you, that's, that's, not you're missing happen. the consistency part. Yeah. Yes. You've got to do it a long time over and over. There's a reason they say the 10,000 hour rule is in effect most of the time. And you might take you seven, might take me 12. But there's a, there's a number of yeah. logged hours to be successful, to be an expert in anything. Right. And I believe that. I yeah. don't know what the number is for you. I don't know what it is for me. But I can tell you, that there's a, a, the man hours that go into that do matter. And, mm -hmm. and that's why they say, no, he became an expert, but he's been doing that since fourth grade. He, he's 24 years old for 20 years being a hammer. And now all of a sudden he's real successful. You think, and most people would say, oh, well, heck, he was always like, no, he wasn't. Mm -hmm. If you knew him back when he was young, it, he wasn't gifted. He earned yeah. by working. And then listen, that's back to Aaron's point, which is valid as much as I was kind of joking is, is that hard work. It's just, you, you can't replace that with anything else. No, the consistency of it matters and the effort and the, and the intensity levels that you, you, you'll go through to do it. So, you know, but that's, but, and, and you can have all that and you still might not make it as you know, yeah. mm -hmm. you still might not be an Olympian. You might, you still might not win the state championship. Right. 
hey, I, I didn't win the nationals. I, and that catapulted me into another level of, of suffering to, to try to be an Olympian. And so they, but they all matter, you know, right. all that sometimes these, those setbacks, they do matter because I probably, if I had won the NCAA championships when I was supposed to, when I thought I was gonna, I probably wouldn't have trained for the Olympics. I probably would have been done, been happy with that. Yeah. But it, it took another trajectory into another level happened, of competition. Yeah. Yeah. So and things happen the way they're, they're supposed to happen, I guess. Oh, yeah. I think if and we mm-hmm. talk about that too, if you're, <laughs> if you're moving in the direction to the best of your ability for the goals that you want to achieve, it's likely you'll end up where you're supposed to end up within, within Agreed. reason. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And structure. I mean, we've touched on structure and consistency and I think, I mean, my days are pretty much the same every single day. They seem mundane, but I think with that structure builds that consistency. So if you don't have some sort of structure in place and there's things that you're doing every single day, it brings that consistency. It gives you the opportunity to create the success. And that's one thing that I've really noticed. And you've mentioned previously things about taking risks and how growth happens when you take those risks and something for me and, you know, for people out there navigating fear. And when you're at that level of success, I can't fear in all aspects of life, personal, professional, from your perspective and how resilient and great leader truly you are. How do you coach other people and for other people out there listening that fear, whether it's business or maybe they're an athlete trying to get to the next level, how do you coach and you know, get people through that? Well, I think everybody has a level of fear in them. Mm-hmm. When they're just, as you approach your goals, everybody has a little a fear of they, they might, might not succeed. I think that happens with everyone. I think getting through that is making people get um, just comfortable. And, and, and I think people are always looking at the outcomes. So that that's what they fear the most. Mm-hmm. Right. So letting people know that it's okay to make mistakes. I, I tell my team, I've screwed up thousands of times. So listen, it's okay, but make to get the best performance out of somebody. You just hey, get them used to throwing the kitchen sink at somebody. Throw out there and compete as, as hard as you can, and do it every everything you're in your power to be successful. But I think you have learning how to manage it and learning the guys, and, and again, knowing what 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 they really fear, you know, and knowing and being very perceptive of of what they really fear. Mm-hmm. Is it the outcomes what you fear the most? Is that why you get anxiety? Is it? Is it the, just the fight? Is it where, where we kind of talk through that a little bit with people and, and let them understand that it's not the end of the world. Winning winning or losing a wrestling match, if that's the worst thing that ever happens to you, you better thank God. Mm-hmm. That That is not the worst thing that's going to happen to you in your life. I promise you. There'll be things that are way worse. Um, so I just think to navigate through fear and anxiety it is, is just talking through how you feel about how you feel, right? <laughs> and they say, you know, it's like, no, he... The, the way and you can't you only know that if they tell you right yeah. how you feel about the way you feel it's like if you're exhausted in, in a run and your legs are dying and, and you know it's just, how, how are you talking to yourself about how your legs feel <laughs> and how you feel about how you feel sometimes is is like I, and i don't know that unless we communicate so i would say that having good communication and dealing with that and talking about it a little bit and because and, i gotta know what you're thinking if you're running a marathon at 26 miles and at mile 20 <laughs> you feel like you're gonna collapse you know, I just got to know the mindset. So some of it will be, as you, we talked about a little bit earlier, just some of it is the physical part and some of it's the mental part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the communication part to to fear, you know, and letting people know that it's not the end of the world if you make mistakes. So just, just relax. It, 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 it's supposed to be fun. And when it's not fun, it, it just, you start getting all these other, other, all these other emotions that build up 
and how you manage those inside yourself as, as an athlete or a coach. You know, as an athlete, you, you have direct control over it, but you, you can't let that fear take over. If it does, your mind starts thinking of all the wrong things, you know, and, um, and having those, some people have affirmations that they tell themselves so that they, they can get through some of those fears until it starts, yeah. you know, and in wrestling, I'd probably say, listen, relax and just get the first takedown. And then instinct will take over, right? <laughs> You've already, you already trained yourself to do that. So just don't worry about anything. Just when, when the whistle blows, let, let it fly after you score first and then, then let yourself, then let, let everything just take care of itself, you know? Um, but I, but it brings up a good question. And, and I, I like to read lots of psychology books on it because I like, I like understanding I what knew. makes people tick, yep. you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, what makes people tick and, wh- and why they do what they do and then how they overcome these things. Cause it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, especially the higher level you go, the harder it is. So, you know what? I mean, but I don't think there's a, there's a perfect answer for that. I just think that, you, have, you know, knowing how to deal with it and knowing, you know, how they, how they feel and, and, and talking about talking them through a little bit and let them know that. It's not the end of the world if you make a mistake. No big deal. We can always fix mistakes. If your effort's incredible, we can, we, we, we can help you. And so uh, that's probably not a great answer to it, but, but it's very difficult. I think it's a difficult question when you talk about fear because everybody talks, you know, everybody has it yeah. at some level. And when it gets the higher the stakes are, the more, the more anxiety and fear people have. You know? And they can say that people say that they, oh, it doesn't happen to me. I think it happens to everybody. It's just how you mm-hmm. manage it. Yeah. And each person manages it a little bit differently. So, and, and, and if you don't know somebody well enough, it's, I would say it's probably really challenging to, to help them if, if you don't know what they really are afraid of. So yeah, and there's hopefully a lot I answered of, enough for you. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. And I asked that question because I think I, the higher you're dealing with personalities and I've noticed this even in my job that are very high strung naturally like when you're an athlete and you're that competitive and you're that driven you're already at a different level than 90% of the population I think when you get up that high there's a fear of making mistakes and I think a lot of leaders make this mistake personally where they're not inviting that it's like if you make a mistake it's the end of the world and that's where it gets paralyzing and it kind of goes back to our you know, previously of cultivating an environment and a culture where it's okay to make mistakes. If you're busting your ass every single day, if you're showing up, you're consistent, good things are going to happen. And it always goes back to control what you can control. Agreed. Agreed. Well, you can't control things. I mean, there's certain things that, that just, that's not in your control. You can't control the referee and in sports. That's not, you can't control that. All you can do is perform the best of your ability. And, and once you can handle that and manage that, that's why they talk about people's warm-ups being the same and people doing the same things because their level of emotion doesn't go high or low. People should be flatlined. Mm-hmm. And so they're not getting, I'm not getting overexcited. I'm not down low. It's just, no, I, I was good. I had laser focus. I was good to go. I was warm and hot. I did the same routine. It, it helps people create that. It, it helps them manage, I should say, not create, but it helps them manage. The warm-up helps them manage their anxiety and, and anything that they, you know, that routine so that they can perform at the same level every time. One of my favorite things that that you and I have talked about in the past is, and, and actually I think it's very interesting for kind of the environment we're in currently, but it's just kind of the travel that you do as an international athlete and kind of what you see. I mean, you've shared some stories with me about 
people going to get you food and kind of how that all works in different places. So, I mean, touch on kind of what you've seen worldwide and kind of how you compare that, you know, I guess a little bit to the United States without getting like super political, but (laughs) it's a, it's a perspective that not many people will ever have in their entire lives to be able to travel to the amount of countries that you traveled to and see kind of all of the things that you've seen culturally, um, and just yeah, no one's going to well, get it. Good question. You know, I, I think, and I've probably been down, I don't know. I, I, I never really counted them up, but I'd say in my time, I'd say, I'm going to just lowball and say 20 countries. I've probably been to 30, but I'll say maybe 20 different countries. Um, and so when you talk about that culturally, you know, in some culture, in cultures that they want you to learn their language, you go to France. Yes. They want you to learn, you know, their language. They want to use their currency that, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are just different. We have a lot of freedoms that people just don't, they just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you, you, you travel to China. When I traveled there, it was communist. There's no emissions laws. It's just everything's so different. You don't have the same freedoms. So from traveling all over, and trust me, there's certain countries I just loved. You know, I loved going to Italy. I loved going to Austria. I lo- there are places that you we went that was like awesome. There's also some places that was like, it's tough. It's tough. It's very limited. You can't do that. You know, there's certain things that you just didn't do. You didn't travel by yourself. So I just think that in, until you've been other places, you don't really realize how great America it really is. And when you see the Olympics go on and you see, oh, you just get this pride because you know what other people, how they have to live and what they have to do. And, and after traveling all over, it's like, I can, I always come back saying we're the best, we're the best, <laughs> you know, the things, the freedoms, you have the ability to, to earn as much as you can earn. You have the ability to work as a and, and have, and have opportunities and you can move yourself up the scale. Some places you just aren't going to have that. You're not going to be able to do some of those things. It's just not possible. Um, so to, to, to make it just kind of clean, it just, listen, I, I, I say this in, in our country, there's lots of opportunity. I know, I know that we have faults and there's things that people want to change. I get all that, those things, but I also know that there's a lot of opportunity for people to, to, to be great. If they work at it. And, and so obviously very prideful in America, you know, obviously I think that living in the United States is, is a blessing. I'm very grateful for that. Because I've, I've been to places where you just don't have the that same opportunities. You just, you just can't do the same things. And, and culturally, Mike, you know, obviously everyone's got a different culture. And everyone, it, remember, every country has their pride, right? They like their culture better. I get it. If you went to Iran, they have certain things that they do. You went to certain countries that they just went to Turkey or Japan. And they, they all have their things that they consider part of their culture. And, and trust me, as a, as, a, as a guest in someone else's country, you know, you, you certainly... Um, want to experience some of their other cultures too, you know, see what, see the differences, but you know, when it's all said and done for me, Mike, I'll leave you with this. We live in the best. USA. <laughs> yes. We just, I, that's my opinion. I, I, yeah. You might have 50 people that comment and say, that's not true. It's just, I just feel strongly that it's been good to me and the U S is a great place to live. Yeah. I think you have to talk to somebody that's been to 30 other countries and, yeah. you know, to, to hear their perspective that, you know, if someone was going to make an argument, you know, the other way, but, uh, you know, I, I, back to people, countries are probably the same way. You know, we all have our flaws. We all make our mistakes, yes. you know, same kind of philosophy. We just need a little bit more understanding all the way around. Sure. Uh, I think, I think with everybody. So. Yeah. Interesting though. Yes. I, I yes. don't want to put you on the spot, but do you remember the story you told me? Like, I remember like somebody, <laughs> I forget what country it was, but 
you weren't allowed to go out. Someone had to go get your food. Yeah. Listen, we're in China. Yeah. They, 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 you know, China would be like that. Venezuela, you couldn't go out after it was not safe at night when you can't just go do what you want to do. So mm-hmm. we're used to just jumping in your car, doing whatever you want to do. When they tell you not to leave the hotel after a certain hour, because it's not safe. It's like, it's like, well, guys, that's, <laughs> that sucks. You know, yeah. can't, you know, it's seven o'clock. It's like, you're here. That's yeah. it. You can stay here in this hotel. But that there's certain places that just aren't as safe and other places that, that, that they'll, you can't do that. So that's why I say when you have these freedoms, you know, we're lucky. You, 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 if you want, if you want Chipotle right now, Mike, you're good. <laughs> I can go. You're 15 minutes away from it, right? You're, that's you're, right. You're good. You can go wherever you want. Yeah. It's great. Can't beat that. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> so. It makes you appreciate. I mean, even I've for sure only been to Mexico and I think it's hard. And I've noticed myself, like if I have really strong opinions on something, I always try to empathize and like put myself in someone else's shoes of like, you know, have I been through that? And it's hard to put yourself in, you know, other people's shoes when you see people like, you know, going off about certain things. Again, everyone is entitled to an opinion, but it's when you meet someone like you, that's been all over. And I've actually heard this before on another podcast that they, I forget where they were from and they moved to the USA and they were like, the United States is hands down the best country. You have the greatest opportunity and it's the easiest place in the world to make a million dollars. And she's like, I moved here. I think she was 18 years old and she made a million dollars in her first year here. And it just really puts things into perspective. You're like the, Cause we don't think about that. You know what I mean? It's like, we grew up with all of this, all the freedoms, getting in our car, doing all these things that when how you don't know any difference. So it's when you travel and you meet all these different people, it's a wake up call. For sure. For sure. <laughs> like, so Lou, Aaron's a reader. Do you have uh, any books you would recommend? Yeah. I was going to ask about daily routines too. Um. Uh, well, um, I, I have a few books. I, I just read one called Winning. I really liked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Shocker. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but but I also read this psychology book that, that it was a, it's a book on how to analyze people. So I thought that was a real like, short book. I'm going to talking to you. And, You're yeah, a professional exactly. wrestling coach and an amateur psychologist. I mean, <laughs> well, no more well, no just, more drinking at the bar with you, and I'm sharing stories because I'm going <laughs> to. Well, it's funny because it's you know it's it's when you see some of the things that you read it, you're like, oh, do you look up to the right? That that's you know that imagination part, you know, lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, when when you talk about routines, be, because of, like I said, my day is very simple. So, but if I get up five o'clock, have a, I'm down to like a half a cup of coffee now, and but then I go work out, and, and then I have guys I, I put through training. Like my days are very similar. Um, they're, you know, and, and so it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, it, like I said, it's so simple that it's like, it's almost I don't, just kind of laughable, you know, but it's like, that that's the routine of my day, you know, and if I work out usually every morning and except Sundays I steam. So it's like, you know, um, steam, yeah, steam on Sunday, stretch and steam on Sunday, you know, you know, the, the thing is, yeah, this, cause, cause she's way out of the box. Tell, tell her, Mike, you can't out train a bad diet. Just, you know, so hey, I'll eating, agree. Like you get to, yeah, even when you're eating well, it's like, no, you just eat too much. So it's abs are made in the kitchen. They're just say. layers and layers. Yeah. The layers just keep forming. And, it, you know, <laughs> so I, I have to, I have to have my routine. I'm not like some of those people that are just like, well, it's 30. He's not, he can do whatever he wants and not work out. So me, I, I got to work out six days a week just to keep myself in check. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't have those right. luxuries. Just but my routine now. is the same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, it, it was, it, it gets much more difficult, right? It, when you're young, it's like, no, it's simple. 
work out twice a day. I don't know, what, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, your youth. <laughs> you got youth on your side. Yeah, right. Power, all the power in your youth, <laughs> for sure. So. Oh, I, uh, I mean, I, I work out six days a week, but I definitely have noticed as I've gotten older. I mean, I used to be like two a day psycho, all that type of stuff. But I mean, you learn. Yes. It starts at two a days then it's one a day. Then it's half, you know, half <laughs> a one a day. <laughs> you'll go from running. I think I stopped running like five years ago. Maybe yeah, it's something like that because it was just being yeah. bad on my hips and knees mm. that I was going to get surgery. And so, but nothing makes you feel more soft than, you know, for me, just riding the bike. <laughs> I went from two a days to I got a I got an ass kicking workout on the bike today. On the bike you know, today, so it's like good forty I, minutes, crushed it. Yes, I, I did forty <laughs> minutes and you know lifted some weights and I was you know I'm like oh that was you know but, but I just try to stay <laughs> steady. Like my my thing is all steady. Stay steady with it, man. Don't get crazy. <laughs> stay steady. Don't get too excited. Tortoise about, in the hair. Tortoise yes, in the hair. Exactly. Steady wins a race. Know. Yes, exactly. When you're thirty, you're, you're you're, you're the you're the hair. You're 50, you're the tortoise. Aaron's in hair mode. She's working out, yes. does yoga, yes. podcast, full-time job. I, yes. I mean, I get exhausted just listening about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm learning, but that's why I always ask about uh, like morning routines or things because I've noticed, I mean, there's a lot of things that are structure, consistency, going to bed early, all the things that you hear when you meet people like you that are super, super successful. But I didn't know if there's anything specific maybe for people out there that are listening, mental things that you do, whether you're having a good day or a bad day or affirmations that you tell your team. No, I don't really have that. You know, what I'd recommend to anybody that gets to a certain age is that, you know, and I know it, it's, and I don't re read a lot just sitting around because I'm usually on my phone, but um, I travel a lot. So that's where I do most of my reading. You know, I, if I had to recommend something, I'd say, you know, find yourself something that you're really interested in. Instead of social media, it, it just helps your mind, your brain, you know, it, it, your brain's the muscle that, you know, you have to keep working that as well. So if I had st something I would do, say, it's just, if you can find yourself, and it doesn't have to, you don't have to read long, but I, I do think that that keeps your brain sharp. You know, the longer and the, and, and obviously you're, 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 depends on what you read, but growing your education. But they used to say that your IQ was in, in the fourth grade, they did your IQ and that's what you were going to be forever. But now they're, they tell you that that's not true. People continually keep getting smarter and smarter if you're working at it and you're educating yourself. So find something you read, love. Read more. Yeah. Hey, read more. You've met. <laughs> And I love, too, that you keep coming back to the same things over and over and over again, even though we've touched on so many different topics, finding something you love, being successful in a sport, if you're passionate about it and you love it and you're chasing a dream. I mean, there's just so many things I think you've touched on. And a lot of people probably can't resonate with, you know, being an Olympic athlete, but I think it doesn't matter what level you're at. Listening to you truly is inspiring. Mike totally undershot how inspiring you are in this podcast. And I know I'm going to listen back to this probably five times. And I just said he's intense. <laughs> yeah, he said you're intense, but I think the difference with and I love this type of energy. This is literally why I started a podcast because it's listening to people like you. And there's I mean, for me every day, Mike always says it's exhausting listening to me. But it's like, these are the things that you need to hear when you're out there hustling every single day Like hard work is going to pay off if you keep going. And when you're young in your career, like me, it's like you, you, we look up to people like you guys that have set such a good example, great perspectives and are creating a culture at a D1 school of 
growth. Making mistakes is okay. I think these are a lot of things that you don't always hear all the time or reminders that you needed. And, you know, kind of as we start to wrap up this podcast, Mike, I don't know if you have any other last questions for him. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I really touched on everything I I love to hear when uh, when him and I have this this same kind of conversation. So, you know, his travel, you know, what's on with the team, you know, what he's what he's working on, what he's working through. We trade a lot of books, him and yeah. I. So if any of either of us get one, we'll we'll shoot it over and say, I'm reading this. This is really good. And he, he does the same. So um, you know, lose well read, very educated. Um you know, not just kind of a wrestling coach. That's kind of what he does, but uh, his identity is kind of much more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that unique, refreshing, you know, compared to people in any industry. Um, And I think that's really why, you know, him and I hit it off and enjoy, you know, spending time together. We have a lot of the same of life philosophies. Um, So just kind of in different lanes and, you know, He's in my lane a little bit. I mean, he's starting to dabble in that real estate, that real estate world um, and having yeah. some success. So yeah, we might have him on the next podcast yes. talking about yes. real estate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, that's where I'm a novice. That's where you're an expert. I'm, I, listen, I know my lane, brother. I know my lane. And you start talking about that, I, I can just tell you that if it doesn't make money it's, it's not worth it <laughs> that's my <laughs> didn't make didn't make anything cost me nah that doesn't seem like a good deal to me that's I'm a real estate advice podcast about. over <laughs> yeah it was a real short one it's a short it's a real one short one uh, um, well yeah and it's the pop well, podcast appreciate it. Yeah, it's the pop podcast for a reason. Positivity. I mean, you mm-hmm. truly are inspiring and I appreciate mm-hmm. you. And I always like to ask, we've talked about a lot throughout this entire episode. If there's two or three pieces of advice or tips that you want to leave the audience with, give it to um, us all. But the things that I think we kind of we went through it a bunch of times. But if I had to if I had to sum it all up, obviously, I'd, I'd say the, the consistency of something mm-hmm. will matter. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. If we're talking about business or talking about um, athletics, I'd say the the amount of work that that you put into something, the level at which you do it at. Because we a lot of people go to practice and they work at a level a very low level, you know. And so when that intensity, that the consistency consistency of your workload, and and making sure that it, the, the workload's intense. And then I would probably say. The, the suffering part of it, you know, because you're going to, I think most people that are going to listen to this or you're going to suffer at some level. It's not always going to work. It's not always going to be peaches and cream. It just never is guys. I wish, trust me, if it was, if it was going to be that damn easy, heck everybody would be able to have it, mm-hmm. but it won't be. It's going to break some people. So the amount of suffering you're willing to tolerate and, and that you can endure will make a difference. But it's like, no, I just, he just was, he's resilient. He's resilient. He's when when you're resilient enough, you, you just you make it work. So I just leave it leave it at that. I guess you can make it work with with a couple different traits and just making sure that you stay in that consistency, bringing that workload up to a you know the, the standard of excellence that's that's high, and and suffer enough and, and be resilient enough to to make it happen. Great. Yeah, I I, I love it. All things that and I don't think someone out there could disagree with. And last but not least, we'll start with Mike. What are you grateful for? We have to end every episode with this, and we might be here for five minutes waiting for Mike to think of what he's grateful grateful for. for Friendships, particularly Luz, who I do miss since he's moved away. Uh, I made it out to Oklahoma a lot at the beginning. 
had a couple setbacks with some injuries, but I am getting back on my travel. Are you Texas coming, buddy? Yes, yes. <laughs> Texas is our next stop. Yes. And uh, after that, I'm coming out to Oklahoma for some wrestling. Hopefully, I'll make it back Sweet. to Vegas to watch more wrestling. And uh, good spot. Oh my! I go to all my favorite. If they have wrestling in a in a good yes. good venue, I'm in. Yes. So uh, yeah, grateful for friendship. Yes. yes. All right, awesome. Lou. What about you? Well, I'm grateful you guys had me on the podcast. I'm grateful that I, I have a, a great employer like the University of Oklahoma. I'm grateful to be working in wrestling. There, there's a lot of things for me. Grateful for my family that that endures uh, a lot because of. Uh, the things that I do as, as, as I do them, you know, and the way I do them, they, they, it takes its toll on them as well. So um, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for, for sure. Well, thank you for coming on. And I'm grateful for this podcast as well. And my friends and family that have supported me along the way. So thank you so much, Lou, for doing this. Yep. And no problem. we will talk. You guys soon. enjoy. <laughs> thank you, Lou. Thanks All right, guys, take care. Thank you. Bye. You have a good one. <laughs>